As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the No Money Down podcast. I'm your host, David Flores, and here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the No Money Down Real Estate Investing podcast. Um, Sorry I didn't get an episode out this Sunday. Um, I was actually going down to some of my properties to um, see some repairs on uh, one of my rehab projects and I had to pay the contractor and also met with a couple people down there. But, um, you know, I did what I preach. I drove six hours down to Morgantown, West Virginia. I drove three hours over to Maryland to meet up with my brother and sleep there for the night and then I drove back home which was another four hours Um, I had my dog with me Uh, just you know lived off beef jerky and sunflower seeds but hey that's the grind I actually enjoy doing that stuff I think it's fun um, just going on road trips and stuff like that and doing some business but just wanted to give you a little idea what I did this weekend Um, and what I want to go through on this show is uh, seller financing. And from start to finish, one of my deals, because I'm getting a lot of questions and I know a lot of people are curious about seller financing um, and how to actually do it from start to finish and understanding the paperwork you're going to need, um, understanding all the terms you're going to need to know. Um, and a lot of you out there haven't even done a normal deal. So I'm going to go through from start to finish on how to actually complete a deal that is including seller financing. Um, so let's just jump right into that. Uh, I'm going to bring up one of my, um, properties that I closed on in, um, Morgantown. Um, one of these was a seller financing deal. And the way I came across the deal was I I created a relation, relationships down there with a bunch of listing agents. And if you recall from my first episode, 
what I uh, what I do is I, I contact a bunch of listing agents and I I go down to where wherever I'm going. Say it's Morgantown. Say it's somewhere in PA. Say it's in Texas. Um, if I'm going over there, what I do is I make sure I contact at least ten listing agents and I go see properties with them. Now, what's the main reason for that? Um, for me. I like to build a very large network so then deals just start coming to me, right? Like I'm meeting with all these listing agents and the reason why I pick listing agents instead of buying buyer's agents um, is because listing agents, you can almost guarantee that they're more experienced and they themselves already have a pretty decent network because they're already in the game of listing houses, which can take some time for a real estate agent to get to. Now, they're obligated to be in everyone's best interest, right? Like, they have to pass tests, they have to get licenses, and the last thing they want to do is get their licenses uh, revoked from them. So when they do have a situation where they're working with a buyer, a lot of people are worried that they might not act in the buyer's best interest. I mean, they're obligated to. Are there people out there that don't do this? Yeah, but you should be able to get a pretty good idea of who you're working with by just talking to them for a couple minutes. You can even get a good idea by just talking to them over the phone. If they seem like they're honest people, you know, ask them questions about the properties down there, see if they're being honest, um, and just see if they're trying to be in your best interest. So anyway, that's why I like working with listing agents, and that's why I call so many and try to see as many properties as I can when I go to an area because I'm trying to build that network. And that's how one of these deals came to me. Um, One of the listing agents I befriended um, actually brought me a pocket deal. If you don't know what a pocket deal is, that means it's just off the market, which is awesome because you have no competition at that point. Um, So that's how the deal came up to me. And they also knew that I liked doing seller financing deals. And because they knew this, not only was the property a good opportunity, but they knew that the seller was open to seller financing. And they also knew I could close deals doing seller financing. So that's why this was presented to me. And it was very easy from there to get on the same page with the seller um, and come up with some good terms for the seller financing. Now, I like coming up with terms before we even jump into the contract. The reason being is because you need to know your numbers before you're getting involved in in a a situation. So I like getting an idea. I ask them, you know, what are you thinking about terms? And they might verbally say something like, we'll match the bank um, or something like that. Now, verbally is great, but you also need it in the contract. So let me... Let me get to, let me first explain right before the contract and then I'll get right into the contract and what to look out for and what to, what to make sure what contingencies are in there. Um, but pretty much you want to get on the same page with the seller, make sure they know that you're interested in doing seller financing. Um, this is probably where a lot of your deals might get denied because a lot of sellers may not be interested in that. So like this deal it was pretty easy to set up because um, the listing agent already knew I was interested in that and they knew that the seller was interested in that. Now in a situation that 
um, this might not be so easy. In my other situations, what I what you would do is just simply ask the listing agent, or if you're working directly with the seller, hey, would you be interested in seller financing? Um, you know, I'm trying to protect some of my capital. I need it for reserves, and they might be open to it, and they might not be. And I, I heard a quote from somebody. It might have been off Bigger Pockets, and it's it's so true. Somebody that wants to do seller financing already knows they want to do seller financing, right? Like it's 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 very rare that you can convince somebody to do seller financing it's usually kind of like a yes or no because if they are confused about it when you ask them they're probably trying they probably immediately think you're trying to scam them uh that's just the way human nature that's just the way humans work you know they don't understand something they don't even want to deal with it they don't want to learn it especially when you're dealing with older individuals so if they do know what seller financing is, that's a huge step forward, and they usually have an idea if they're open to it or not. So that's how you would um, get on the same page with the seller um, or the listing agent. And then once you you know once you agree on a price, you negotiate a price, and you negotiate you know what the seller what the seller financing terms will look like. Then that's when you jump right into the contract. Now. Some states are a little different. You have states that um, require attorney review, and you have some states that don't. My properties in Jersey, for example, that requires attorney review. Now, what attorney review is, is the attorney for the buyer and the attorney for the seller have to uh, negotiate back and forth what the contract is going to look like. To me, this is a huge pain in the ass. Um, it's just, you're using two middlemen that, and it takes more time. Um, the attorneys have their own opinions. Now it's good for people that have no idea what's going on, but for people that understand contract lingo and understand how to write the contracts and they understand what needs to be in the contract to protect themselves. To me, it's a total waste of time. Um, but like I said, you know, the government probably puts this in place and puts it as a law because a lot of people buying homes um, don't necessarily uh, know exactly what's going on, especially if it's their first purchase. So, I mean, in that in those situations, you want to make sure you deal with a good attorney that is responsive um, and that is on your side. And some attorneys I've noticed are just... They don't want to deal with extra work, so whatever is easiest for them is what they'll do, and that's not necessarily in your best interest. So it would take time to find a good attorney. Um, you know, you do it by trial and fire, but eventually you'll find a good one. Now, in a place like West Virginia, where a lot of my portfolio is, they don't require this, which to me is awesome. You're dealing straight with the, li the listing agent. You're dealing straight with the seller. It's quick. Um, it's easy to negotiate. Uh, you don't have other opinions coming going around. So you're just basically working with the seller to come up with a contract that works for both of you. Now, let me get into what you want to make sure is in the contract as a person that is going to have seller financing on their property. You want to protect yourself in every single way. And a lot of standard contracts will have an inspection contingency. So that should be on there and that should always be on there. It's going to have an appraisal contingency, 
which should be on there and you better make sure it's on there. And then you're going to you're going to want to add some contingencies regarding the seller financing. The the thing I always make sure that's on there is not just that the deal is contingent on seller financing, but the deal is contingent on agreement to terms on seller financing. Why this is so important is because if you just if it's just contingent on seller financing, at the end of the whole due diligence process, the seller could just be like, I want to make the seller financing at 20% uh, interest, which can totally throw your numbers off and actually put you in a negative cash flow position. So if you can't come to an agreement on how the structure of the seller financing is set up, that should be an out. What you're protecting, when I say out, what you're protecting is your earnest deposit. Uh, Your deposit is simply money that you put down to make sure that everyone knows that you know you're going to be buying this property you do it right at the beginning of the contract when you deal with attorneys you 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 pay this right after you go through attorney review um and what the deposit is it, it can range like in jersey for example it's it's usually pretty high on one of our properties we had to put down 10 percent of the whole purchase price um for the deposit so the property was three hundred thousand. We had to put thirty k down. Um, in West Virginia, it's totally different. The deposits range from five hundred to two thousand dollars. So, in any case, though, whether it's thirty thousand, whether it's two thousand, whether it's a thousand, you want to make sure that money's always protected, um, and you have all these different outs. If you don't have those outs and the contract falls through, the seller can potentially just keep your deposit. Um, and uh, you know, that's never happened to me. I think I personally think most people are good out there, but I'm sure a lot of people out there, it's happened to them before. And you just definitely don't want that happening. So going forward from there, once you come up with a good contract that looks good, like I said, you want all your standard stuff in there. You want the inspection, um, contingencies, you want the appraisal contingencies. You might want mold contingencies and things like that. You definitely want a loan contingency. So um, this would basically be that you need to get financing from a bank in order to close on the house. Um, You definitely want your appraisal contingency. And then you want to add the agreement to seller financing contingency. And what I like to add just as a little bonus so I can get out pretty much at any time is I I usually do all my deals with my girlfriend and what we put in there is the deal is contingent on an operating agreement between me and my partner. So at any point, I can really get out out of the deal, right? Like if we don't agree to something, if we don't agree to terms, I mean, we always split everything 50 50, but it's, you know, that contingency is just there for an out for us. Because we can easily just say, hey, we're not agreeing to terms. They don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They can't really ask my partner, is this true? Because we're on the same page um, and we're on the same team. So, you know, that's just an easy out also. Um, And the seller might have their own stuff they want to add. They might try to tweak a couple things. But make sure that those uh, top five contingencies are always there. You have your inspection 
your loan commitment, your appraisal, um, the seller financing contingency, and then I would like to throw in a contingency that's very broad that I can get out at any point. So once you get that contract done and then you pay your deposit, now you have to go into the inspection period. I'm not going to touch too much on this, but basically you want to find an inspection agency that you know does a good job um, and you know just look them up online you'll see good reviews on people uh, or you'll see bad reviews on some of them just pick one that you think is uh, does a good job and you know call them up this will usually run you probably 400 to 600 dollars depending on your area and depending on the size um, if you're dealing with bigger properties, commercial properties, they'll obviously be a lot higher. I think they usually go by square foot. So, you know, um, and then once that's done, you're going to review the inspection and see if there's problems. Now, what a lot of newbies do, which is a problem, is they do not go, they don't really look into the inspection report deeply. Now, if you don't understand construction, you don't understand stuff, what you need to do is call the inspection person that, that did it on your house, or better yet, be there with them. On a lot of them, I can't be there with them because I a lot of my deals are remote, but if you can be there with them, that's the best situation. If you can't, when you get back the inspection report, just make them walk you through it. You know, Try to find out what cons what is actually very concerning. Um, what things need to be uh, addressed. And then if there are big concerns, you have to bring that back to the seller and say these things need to be repaired. Um, obviously, the, the worst thing that can happen is the deal falls through because they don't want to do it. But you need to negotiate. You know, If they're not willing to do it, then tell them to give you a credit on something. For example, on one of my properties, um, actually on this property specifically, the porch needed to be fixed. It was slanting downward down the hill, which is unsafe. That means, you know, the porch is settled into the foundation. And at any time, you know, God forbid this thing breaks and I have a tenant that's injured. Now, what I did was they didn't want to fix it. They didn't want they didn't have the time to fix it. So what we agreed on was an eight thousand dollar credit, which an eight thousand dollar credit is once we close, they literally give me a check for eight thousand dollars to get the porch repaired um and you know i like these situations better because you don't really know how the seller is going to actually repair it and if you do it yourself you know it'll be done right um you're going to do it to the to your liking now you need to agree on a price like the eight thousand dollars might not completely cover everything but you need to figure out if if it works for your numbers you know if if it actually costs ten thousand they're giving you eight you put two thousand dollars into the property you know is that going to kill you or or does that work out fine in some cases too you might be able to get a company to do it for six thousand dollars and then you just pocket the two for any additional repairs or you might need it for your reserves so you know that's that's kind of the inspection uh part of it but moving forward from there if the inspection goes well or if you need some repairs and you get and you negotiate correctly with the seller um then we move on from there and this is probably when you would start getting your loan commitment finalized um 
Now, this is when the bank will probably start asking you a lot of questions about your finances, personal financial statements, um, and you pretty much just give them whatever they want. Uh, and, you know, they're, you, what you want to make sure you do, uh, I'm sorry I didn't touch on this yet, but you always want to work with a private bank. Never work with institu- institutionalized banks. Uh, you know, these are like your Chase, Citizens Banks, PNCs, uh, regular mortgage brokers, things like that. They'll never accept a creative financing deal, like a seller financing deal, because they just it's just not in their regulations. You need to work with a private bank that is willing to do this. Some private banks are, are not willing to do this. Some are. You need to call around and, you know, don't get... Don't get brokenhearted if you call one and they say they don't do that kind of stuff. Call as many as you can. The first, you know, the first sell, the the first seller financing thing I did, um, I called about ten banks before I got an agreement, and now that bank is the bank I always work with. So you know, don't get disheartened if uh, somebody's not willing to do it. Um, just keep calling other people, and you'll you'll find somebody that's willing to do it especially in an area that it's normal. Um, And like I talked about in my first video, these normal areas are usually not your New Jersey's, New York's, and California's. They're usually a little more rural, and they have like rural cities, um, and investment properties usually sit a little longer. So anyway, you want to, now you want to be dealing with the bank. Um, You want to make sure everything is in line, um, and, you know, everything is good to go. If at that point, they think that something might not work. Um, you're gonna have to go back to the seller and negotiate further. You know, like if they think the margins just aren't high enough and the price needs to be dropped by ten thousand dollars, then and that's the only way the deal can get done. You need to say that to to the seller. You know, and if they don't drop the ten grand, then the deal will probably fall through. So depending on how motivated the seller is. Um, depends how low they'll go, but hopefully in, in your case, it'll be fine. Um, everything with the bank goes through. Then after that, you're going to have an appraisal process where the bank is going to appraise the property. Um, and usually, you know, in these situations, appraisers usually come to the purchase price of the property. Reason being is because they don't get paid more. They don't get paid any less if they appraise it for higher or lower, unless there's really a serious uh, variance in the comps. Um, I've had properties appraised for more. It's not that rare. Um, but generally, the appraiser's going to come come in around the purchase price. Like I said, unless there's huge variances and it's a huge problem. Um, but that's pretty much... Um, that's going to be like the end of... The process right there if you have your loan commitment if you have the appraisal done the inspections went through I mean you're pretty much 90% of the way done now in a seller financing deal you just need to make sure you hash out those final terms and this is where that contingency comes into place um, you want to make sure that you know the terms that you and the seller agree on are good usually on in my cases seller financing is usually five to six percent um and they range like the whatever the seller wants to do and whatever you 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply you want to do is how the terms are going to be set up um and i have certain situations where it's a straight loan for five years and then i have other situations where it's a 25-year amortized loan with a 10-year balloon payment um what that means is the the structure of the loan is set up for 25 years so i'm making monthly payments based off of a 25-year loan but after 10 years, the seller wants a balloon payment. Now, what's a balloon payment? A balloon payment is the seller wants all the remaining principal paid off on the loan at that time. Now, how do you get this done? Well, this is a situation where you're going to have to refinance. Um, you refinance the house, and hopefully at that time you have 20% equity. Uh, one of my deals is structured this way, and that property actually appraised for $75,000 over the purchase price. So I had a good amount of equity at that point, and after 10 years, if you do the math without appreciation, just paying off my bank loan and paying off the seller, at that point I would have 20% equity, like I said, excluding appreciation. So what you need to do is make sure at the end of the seller financing, if you do have a balloon payment, you need to make sure that you have 20% equity in the property so you can refinance, pay off the seller, and then you just have one loan with the bank. And that's usually how it goes. Now, in certain situations, this this might not this might be a problem. And what you want to do is you want to negotiate with the seller again on different terms. Um, so you know, you can extend the loan for another two years and maybe increase the interest rate because the last thing the seller really wants to do is bring anyone to court. No one wants to go to court. It's a waste of money for everybody. It's a waste of time. Um, if you have a seller that, you know, you can easily work with, then you would want to renegotiate terms. Um, but hopefully it never comes down to that. You want to just make sure you run your numbers really well and that, you know, that at the end when you have to pay the balloon payment that you have 20% equity. So that's pretty much it. And then after that, once you agree to terms at the closing process, you're going to sign all your normal documents with the bank. Um, you're going to sign all your normal documents that the lawyer gives you. But then you'll basically have two additional forms for the seller financing. You're going to have a promissory note which is pretty much stating how the what the terms are and when payments are due, yada, yada, yada. And then you're going to have a deed of trust from the seller. 
So the deed of trust, you need to make sure also that the seller is on board with, they're going to have a second position on the home or on your investment. Now what that means is they don't have first position, meaning they can't, they don't have the same, um, they don't have the same ruling power if you can't make payments. The bank has first position and they will be able to foreclose on your house, whereas the seller is kind of taking a risk just as much as you are um, because they don't have any collateral to fall back on. The bank has the house to fall back on. They can probably get their money back through that, but the seller will not be able to get his money back. Um, They will have second position on the house. So essentially the seller is taking a pretty big risk, right? I mean, they don't have anything to fall back on. They have to have a lot of confidence in the property, which is a good thing for you. And they have to have a lot of confidence in you as an investor. Um, So once all of that is done and you sign all the paperwork, uh, you're pretty much done. And uh, that would be the whole process of closing a deal using seller financing. Um, What you want to do, too, is you want to make sure that you use a lawyer that understands seller financing. So when you are picking your lawyer um, towards the end of, you know, finishing up your title work and doing all that kind of stuff, uh, you want to make sure that you choose a, a, an attorney that understands seller financing. Um, in certain situations like Jersey or other places that need attorney review, you would actually need to find your attorney before you even sign the initial contract, the purchase agreement. So just ask them, are you familiar with seller financing? Because we will be um, doing that in this, con- in this uh, deal. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Guys, you know where to find me. I'm on Bigger Pockets. My name is David Flores. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I really hope it helps a lot of people out there. Uh, message me with any questions, and I will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.